I think that each of us is meant to attune to the creative in us. Although it might look very distinct for each of us, you know, for me, it's words, for someone else, it could be dance. But I think our humanity demands the creative. And I think good spirituality asks a kind of artistry in each of us. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Most of the names for God in the Bible are ones God gives himself. But there's one name for God that was given to him by an Egyptian slave called Hagar. And it's one of my favorite names of all. Hagar said of the God who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. It's so beautiful. To see someone, to truly see them, takes time, takes love. Georgia O'Keeffe put it this way, Nobody sees a flower, really. It is so small. We haven't time, and to see takes time. Like to have a friend takes time. God takes the time. God sees us. He loves us as we are, not as we should be. As Tim Keller says, He sees us as we are, loves us as we are, and accepts us as we are. But by his grace, he does not leave us where we are. God found our guest today where she was. And where she was, was in books, and with words, and stories. God met her through books and the written word. How fitting, because what is that other beautiful name God has? the Word. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Our guest today is Cole Arthur Riley. She's a writer and the creator of Black Liturgies, and she loves words, and she loves stories because she knows their power. She shares how her journey led her through books to faith. She talks about how stories aren't all about answering the questions, but more about raising the right questions. So it's really no surprise that she is a woman after my own heart. And I found what she had to say so inspiring and thought provoking and encouraging. And I know you will too. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Cole Arthur Riley. Hi, my name is Cole Arthur Riley. I'm a writer and the creator of a project called Black Liturgies, where I connect Black thought and spiritual practices with the practice of written prayer. And I was born and for the most part raised in Pittsburgh, but I currently live in Ithaca, New York, serving as the spiritual teacher in residence at Cornell University.
my journey to the Christian tradition was a bit unusual. So in high school, I went through a season of real hunger and curiosity around the kind of bigger questions of life. Why are we here? How are we here? What does it mean to be human? And I was at that point rather agnostic. I didn't grow up going to church, but I will say my household and family did possess a spirituality through things like storytelling and myth and humor. But anyway, there was a period of a few months in high school where I began reading about the 12 major world religions after a very existentialist conversation in a high school English class. And I was most immediately drawn to Judaism, actually, and the Abrahamic God maybe because my Zadie, my grandfather, was Jewish. Now, I was really skeptical of the Christian God, skeptical of Christ. I didn't understand why people were so adamant about him being divine. I wasn't seeing that in the scriptures immediately without any guidance or real help around me. And the Christians that I had encountered up to that point were all very intense and frankly made me believe that God was a white man with blue eyes, which created some dissonance in me as a black woman. But I read a book about the Christian faith and I can't really explain it, but when I closed it, before I really even thought about it, I prayed for the first time to a Christian God. I like to think that God knew that I, whose identity was so situated within books and reading that that God used the one thing that I felt safe in to draw me into the divine, which was books. In hindsight, I think it was much more about the method and practice of exploring and asking questions through literature than it was about the answers to my questions. That's the mystery we talk about, right? That's what it means to have an appetite, not for conquering or feeling superior to other faith traditions, but to have an appetite for the mystery of God. And I think I found that in Christianity. And I'll say I'm most drawn to the story and storytelling of Christ. Something of my household's original spirituality, I think certainly perseveres in my experience in the Christian tradition now. I was a very, very shy child. I actually had a childhood anxiety disorder called selective mutism, where I found it incredibly difficult to speak in front of people. And this this went on until I was about six or seven. And writing for me was uh, a necessary form for self-expression. Um, And even after age seven, I remained very, very shy. And I think my father sensed this in me. And my father used to make us write little poems and stories as contests with each other. My siblings and I would basically bribe him with poems to get out of chores. You know, I'll, I'll write two poems if I don't have to clean the baseboards, you know. Or he would ask us to write in our journals before we were able to go on play dates with our friends. And very early on, I knew and I think the people around me knew that I was much more c- comfortable communicating in written words 
than spoken. And so they tried to really cultivate that practice in me and help me in that way. And it took a really long time for me to identify as a creative, Um, but I've certainly come to, you know, writing is an art. It is a work of the imagination. I think even when you're communicating historical fact, writing is always the work of the imagination. I am currently serving as the executive curator for the Center for Dignity and Contemplation, which creates and curates spiritual formation resources such as Black liturgies. And I now work directly with Cornell University as the spiritual teacher in residence, so offering programming and resources to support the spiritual lives and formation of students and staff and faculty. So the trajectory of my calling seems more and more inclined toward writing, which I'm so grateful for. I know a God who sees me in the fullness of who I am, who sees me in my blackness and sees beauty amplified in my blackness and doesn't ask me to diminish it in order to find belonging. And I think that is really what is holding black liturgies together in the end. It's like this pursuit of an embodied, emotional, spiritual belonging. And for me and, you know, my story with reading and writing, I I was always going to get there through writing. It was always going to be words for me. So I just happened to be creating a space of words. I'd love to close by reading a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is from the story and the song introduction from Psalm 19 and Hebrews 1. Now some people think the Bible is a book of rules, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. Other people think the Bible is a book of heroes, showing you people you should copy The Bible does have some heroes in it, but as you'll soon find out, most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They make some big mistakes, sometimes on purpose. They get afraid and run away, and at times they are downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. I so love this framing of scripture. I I really believe that storytelling, nuanced, good storytelling, a lot of which we see in scripture, will sustain us. It's the practice of, you know, marrying remembrance and creativity that I think is a form of resurrection. You know, I think my spiritual formation asks this of me, that I make room for not just what I think, but about the very stories that have formed me and the stories that reside in me. It all began with the word. You know, Christ himself likened to a word. So it's no surprise to me that our faith leads us to revere them and to revere stories.
you can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello. It's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.